What's up, everybody? Welcome to the midweek episode of Volunteer Voice. We are actually on our fifth episode, bringing you the best Tennessee news and updates. I'm pretty sure that everybody watched us beat the number one team in the nation last weekend in a beautiful sweep, but I'm not going to talk too much about that. We're going to bring our baseball expert, Carrie, in for a special edition of Carrie's Corner. Howdy, everybody. I'd like to welcome you to the first ever edition of Carrie's Corner. Basically, what it's going to be, it is going to be coverage over Tennessee baseball mainly, but occasionally I'll do SEC baseball. It'll be recaps and previews, um, especially since we're in the middle of the week. I can cover last week's series, the midweek game, and the preview of the next weekend series. So basically, right now, it's just going to be Tennessee because I haven't got to watch a lot of college games. And it does right now, it's not that big of a deal anyway until we get to the SEC tournament and until we get to the NCAA double tournament. Most people don't even care about baseball until then anyway, so it's not that big of a deal. But uh, the Ole Miss series win is by far the biggest series win in program history. I mean, it's never been done before by Tennessee baseball. I've been watching Tennessee play baseball since we'd play in the SEC tournament, not even win a game, season be over when we were like bottom scum of the SEC in baseball. And to see the program get turned around this much is just amazing. I think that Tony Vitello has done an awesome job. I do not see how he turned around this team from last year. I thought we would definitely digress considering we lost the pitchers that we did and we lost the bats that we did. He replaced the top three guys in the lineup like it was nothing and the pitching staff too. I mean, and especially since at the beginning of the season, since we lost by Tidwell, which I'll get into a little bit more later. But uh, first, I'm just going to do a whole recap of the Ole Miss series. Friday night, great game, big hop, biggest baseball game of the year. If you can count the Texas game was big, but not that many people watched that. So Ole Miss, they thought they were the hot stuff. And they got whooped. Uh, we started out early, second inning, six runs, ball game. After that, Chase Burns pitched a magnificent game. He pitched for seven innings, only allowed two hits. One of them was a home run ball. It's okay. He allowed it in the seventh inning. There was no stress. Uh, but the more impressive stat was he had zero walks and 11 strikeouts. For a freshman in college to do that is ridiculous. I mean, the kid has got thrown into the Friday spot, the hardest spot to pitch in in college baseball, replacing Blade Tidwell, the ace of the staff, and he has pitched two gyms against number one teams in the country in Texas and Ole Miss. The Texas game, we didn't get a good strike zone called. Either way, just wasn't or not. But Chase Burns pitched really good then too. Uh, we lit up the bats. Everybody did good. It is what it is. We move on to Saturday. Saturday. Ole Miss was like, hey, we got to try to try to give something for the fans considering we got whooped last night, and we'll definitely take care, ter, take care of business today. And they didn't. They got whooped again. They got beat 10-3. to 3. Uh, Yet again, they only scored a run in the eighth and the ninth inning. So they only really scored runs in the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning of the whole series, which is a ridiculous stat considering you're playing the number one team in the nation. It's just unheard of, especially at their home ballpark. Uh pitching it was decent in my opinion i mean the bullpen definitely has to get better i think that ben joyce yeah he throws it really fast but he's got to get the command down and he's got to quit finding the middle of the barrel of the bat i mean the home run that he gave up um, it was just it seemed 
way too simple. I get that it was Tim Elko that hit it, but it was just, it wasn't a good pitch in the situation considering there was a guy on base. I don't care if we are up by eight, nine or 10 runs. It didn't need to happen, but it happened. So they got a couple cheap runs at the end just to pad the stats. And then that was basically it. Then they come out Sunday, Ole Miss, it was basically a must win for Ole Miss to knock it completely embarrassed. And the total opposite happened for them. Um, we were up four nothing early. I don't, I don't know what happened really. I don't see how we blew it to make it a let them score three runs. I mean, yet again, the starting pitcher pitched great. Um, bullpen comes in, and they just don't get the job done that well. Uh, bullpen, in my opinion, is the weakest part of the team right now. But I definitely think that it'll get better as the season goes on. But yet again, we allowed a run in the eighth inning. Uh, we can't have that happen, especially this upcoming weekend against Fandy. You lose ball games and you lose your season by giving up runs in the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning. It doesn't matter if it's little league, high school, college, or professional baseball. That is how you lose games. Uh, overall, it was a great series, great win. Yeah, you can say. None of the games were interesting to watch. But if you did watch the last hour and a half of the Sunday game, you got your money's worth, even though you didn't spend any money to watch it. Uh, so we got number one in all the rankings. First time in program history. At least I think it is. Not 100% sure on that. But big deal. Big hop around the program. So we played technically tonight against Western Carolina. I guess you could say there was some pressure on us considering we're now the number one team in the nation. I didn't get to watch the game. We won 11-1, though. It's a weak, weak, weak game. It doesn't really matter. I mean, you may lose one of those, and nobody's going to put it against you because you're playing kids that, that don't really see the field other than one day a week. Um, I don't know who pitched. Hopefully we pitched Tidwell because I think that he has to work himself into the starting rotation I love that he's back. It's great that he's back. But you can't take what the other three guys have done. You just can't take away their spots. They have earned that. I don't care how good Tidwell is. You have to let Tidwell earn his job back. So we take care of business against Western Carolina tonight. And now this weekend, we play Vandy at Vandy. I'm going to go ahead and say it. We are not sweeping Vandy. I don't care if we are the number one team in the nation. It's just we don't have good luck down there. It doesn't matter if it's officiating, the whistling, or what, or even the ballpark. I don't know. We just don't have the greatest luck down there. Uh, I see us winning the Friday night game just because Chase Burns, he's a stud. And then I don't know if I'll have a great crowd Saturday. We'll probably get beat Saturday. I don't think our Saturday night guy is the greatest. I can't think of his name right now, but he's probably the weakest of the three, in my opinion, the pitching staff. So I see us losing the Saturday night game and winning the Sunday game. So we win the series because this is kind of a down year for Vandy. I mean, they just got beat by South Carolina. They just lost the series at home to South Carolina. That's embarrassing. I mean, South Carolina lost to a nobody school in a weekday game at home. I mean, it's okay to lose weekday games, but the team they lost to, it should have never happened. It was like a little brother school for them. And they got beat. So they South Carolina, though, might be one of the most inconsistent teams in the nation. They win a series against Texas. They come to Tennessee and they get swept. 
and then they go on the road to Vanderbilt and win the series, it makes no sense if you ask me. I don't know what's going on, what they're feeding the Gamecocks down there, but it's something it's something fruity, I can tell you. Uh, I don't really know a lot about Vanderbilt. Haven't got to watch them play personally. They're all right. They're better than Arkansas, in my opinion. I have seen Arkansas play. They're not good. They got beat by an 0-5 Missouri team. That's pitching staff. Looks like a high school baseball team, and they're in the SEC. Missouri's might be the worst team in the conference. And I think they – it was like 7-2, to I think, they got beat. Is ridiculous. I don't care who it is. You should sweep Missouri, even if you're a mid-tier SEC team this year. And that's no hit on Missouri. They just don't have the guys. But that's basically all I got to say about baseball right now. Definitely in the future, I'll give more about other SEC teams. We got a really good conference this year. Um, we got teams like Kentucky and teams like Georgia that are in the mix. I don't see I don't see them necessarily making a push, but there's way more competition across the ground. So that's all I got to say about baseball. So I'm going to pass it off to somebody. So whoever wants to take it from here. All right. So just one more thing I want to touch on about baseball. I'm pretty sure everybody saw that the first pitch was Lane Kiffin. A little troll job. Well, if you were at the Ole Miss football game, you know exactly how Vol Nation feels about Lane Kiffin and everything he's ever done for this university. So there's no love lost there. Uh, Still don't like the man. I feel like it was bittersweet poetry, especially for Coach V to avenge hypo like that. I just loved it. Felt like a dream come true, but I'm going to go ahead and round out the episode here. We're going to stop covering uh, baseball for a second. We're going to go into uh, some football and basketball news that you might just see uh, floating around the internet. So how do y'all feel about uh, Santiago testing the, uh, testing the waters of the draft? Um, I actually think it's a really good decision. Vescovi is by far one of our best players and potentially maybe the best shooter we've ever seen at the university. Without him, we would not have went as deep as we did in any aspect of the game this year. I think he actually has serious potential of being the next thing in NBA. I like – I feel like it could definitely, like, shape him a little bit better. Like, yeah, there – there's some things that he needs improvement on, but like I've seen from multiple scouts, most players mainly use this as a tool to reevaluate their playing style, see what NBA coaches think are their like cons, their weaknesses, and they try to build on that for next season when they return back to college because they inevitably didn't get drafted. And they just build off of that. But speaking of the draft, what do y'all think? Kennedy Chandler and JoJo are going to decide. Do you think Honestly, they're going to stay? I believe JoJo's going to take the same. I think JoJo will go get evaluated. I want to say Admiral, I think a couple of the same exact thing before he came back. I think JoJo will do that. JoJo lit it up the second half of the season. The first half, he started off a little slow. The second half, it was almost like he was our go-to player at all times. He could get hot in a matter of a second. He could go from missing five threes to hitting 20. And, I mean, I just think JoJo's going to be a really good player, but I'm hoping he'll come back. Now, Chandler, 
Chandler's another story. I'm big on Chandler. I've heard rumors from both sides that he's coming back and he's leaving. At one point, he was projected to go top 10. Then his draft stock failed to the second round. I don't know where he is now, but I know he's first-round talent. So if he comes back, I think he'll push it back up. But it comes down to what he thinks is the best decision. All right, so that, that's really all the basketball news that's been going on since the last time we spoke to y'all. So now I'm going to cover a few things in football. And as y'all know, spring practice just started. And there's actually been a few players that have been absent. And I'm talking about Tyus Fields and uh, Aubrey Solomon. So everybody, be on the lookout. Don't don't take it to heart when you see them enter the transfer portal here uh, soon. Uh, this is no knock at either of the players. Just I don't see them fitting into the scheme. They played a little bit last year, and they just kept getting taken advantage of. So they're probably not fitting in the scheme. Banks and Hype probably told them, hey, you're going to get buried on the depth chart. We'd love to see you further your career somewhere else so that you can get the playing time that you actually need to prosper. So be on the lookout. They're probably going to end up entering the transfer portal here in the next month, month and a half. But the biggest thing that's came out of spring practice so far, and uh, this is not ironic, biggest thing is this grown man we have playing running back. He's a true freshman. And he looks like he has done his time in the military. He's jacked up. Dude looks like he already pays a mortgage on a house. He looks like a grown man. And I'm talking about none other than Jay Will. He is just he looks I'm kinda like curious. He, he looks like he can be I think they should uh check the birth certificate most definitely. He looks like he could be But uh the, Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> he looks like he could be the perfect one-two punch we need with Jabari Small. Jabari's got the speed and quickness, but he doesn't really have the, uh, you know, power back emphasis on him like Jay will might have. They both have good catching from what I've seen, but I'm going to let Caleb take it away so that he can tell y'all what he thinks about Jay will Oh, yeah, most definitely. Um, being from the state of Georgia, he was a big prospect out here. And um, just getting scouted, everyone knew he was going to be the next kind of Alva Kamara filler guy that we just expected. It came down to uh, us and Auburn, and everyone just knew he was going to be a Tennessee kid. So whenever he came in on campus, he was the one player most people were very happy about. I was one of them. And uh, the progression of this kid's body is insane. He's just – you can tell he's been lifting weights pictures of him he looks like he could be a freaking middle linebacker he just reminds me he has the body built type of jeremy banks so it's just going to be insane to see him play i think he could potentially take over the starting spot if not he might move jalen right down so i don't know i think we're just going to have to continue to see how he progresses but i think this kid could be a really really big part of this offense Well, I was going to let you continue with the uh, rest of the script there. But uh, so the next thing we've got going for us, other than Jay Will, is Elijah Simmons. Every, every coach, everybody said with every interview they've had that he has been progressing big time. Like they're seeing a different 
Elijah, he actually cut down this season. And that's not usually something you hear from D linemen. Cutting down, slimming down. I mean, yeah, it'll keep you up with the fast-paced game, but you kind of want to be big and bulky so that you just can't get ran over. But everybody's saying that he's going to be pretty solid this year, and it's going to bring some much-needed help after we lose uh, two starting DTs at Jay Blakely and Matthew Butler. So it will be very needed. And the next thing I've actually been hearing about is uh, Trayvon Flowers. Caleb, you want to take it away about Trayvon? Yes, I will. Um, Trayvon, for the past couple of years, he's been one of those kids you kind of look at and you're like, okay, Trayvon Flowers. Uh, you know the name, but his name kind of starts getting bigger and bigger. Well, I keep saying things, and it just seems like he's actually finally taking over and being a leader. I've seen multiple things of him talking to the younger guys, kind of coaching up the younger guys. Last year, you would look at it, and the first person that screamed leadership to you was Alante Taylor. And it's kind of seeming like he's turning into another leader. I would – it's kind of hard to say I would compare him to Alante Taylor because that's kind of a hard thing to do. But I most definitely think his leadership has grown a lot, and he'll be he'll be the leader on that defense. I think it'll be him and Jeremy Banks, both of them stepping up huge. I don't know, though. I don't know. I think Trayvon will be a big part and big factor, and you can just see the love for the game he has by how much fun he's having out there. If you go look at the spring practice, he's out there doing the gritty. He looks like an LSU boy, but thank God for not transferring. Um, I'd like to cover Brew McCoy as well. If you haven't heard and you've been living under a rock or you just know you haven't heard, um, I'd like to point out that Brew McCoy has officially been rumored to be enrolled in online classes at the University of Tennessee. What this means is Tillman, McCoy, and Hyatt are going to be most likely our three wide receivers. How I feel about that, though, is uh, I don't know. It's kind of hard to say because you got people like Keaton who you kind of want to see play. You got people like uh, Walker Merrill who might step up on the depth chart, but you never know when it comes to people like that. Um, yeah. You know, but Walker Merrill might be a good guy. Uh, <laughs> Brew McCoy, you know, I've seen him in uh, high school. And I see the potential, but when he steps in on a campus like USC, that potential just goes away. He gets buried on the depth chart. He doesn't get touches. He gets in trouble. But, you know, I'm not, I'm not too far away from uh, that troublemaking. I mean, it's happened in Tennessee. It's happened at Florida, Alabama. You hear about it all the time. Everyone makes mistakes, and that's not a big deal. Everyone will make it. It's about how you learn from it. So I'd like to say Brew McCoy will be a great number one, great number two in certain situations. I think Brew McCoy will be a really, really, really good addition if we actually pull him in. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to pass it back to Jason for a few more topics. Hold on a second. Dustin, you there? No comment from Dustin. Yeah, I'm going to take that as a hard no, too. I was hoping to get the the Georgia fan aspect for that. I wanted his viewpoint on the Brew McCoy situation uh, because I know, I guess, 
other teams in SEC were competing for them. I just wanted to see what a team like Georgia, how that would, how the fan base would look at that, considering that's a that's a big big get for us. I mean, I like, what do y'all think about Bruce McCoy though? He's going to be a big pick. I'm all right with him. A much needed like, we can use as many wide receivers as we can get. Nothing saying we don't have yeah. depth, but the way the offense looks, it looks as if it's a fast paced air raid offense with like touches of ground and pound. But that that's we aren't really an air raid offense, though. We take some deep shots, but not all the nah, time. not as much as Brew McCoy coming in helps. He'd help even the depth, even if you don't expect to see him as much as someone like Tillman or Hyatt. He'll come in. He'll do big things in certain packages because I mean I expect to see a lot of receivers this year, even some freshmen, maybe Caleb Webb, Squirrel White, throw someone in there like that. Ooh. I personally think with wide receivers, this year we kind of still need to pick some up in the recruiting class. I'm not really sold on Carnell Tate coming to Tennessee. I, I definitely think he's going to end up at Ohio State. But there's one player who Nico said he definitely wants to recruit here, and that's Kyler Casper. I've watched this dude's film, and oh, dear God, he is tall. He is definitely what we're looking for in a wide receiver. He looks like a nice deep threat a red zone threat, everything. He looks like a all-around-the-block wide receiver, a prototype of what we need. And it's definitely going to be a nice pickup if we can get him because that will bring some much-needed speed and height to the wide receiver core because I don't know if y'all know about Brew. He's got speed, but it's not really SEC speed, as everybody says. But that's really going to cover us on a – all the news, so I'm going to go ahead and pass it off to Caleb for our sponsorship, and then I'll go ahead and end the episode. What's up, everybody? Um, if you're looking for jerseys, any type of drip, um, talking high school, college, even if you want a Derrick Henry high school jersey, they got it. You name it, they got it, most definitely. And uh, with that being said, we got you a code. If you use volunteer voice at checkout, with the website uh, Jersey Nation, make sure to go give them a follow as well. If you use code Volunteer Voice, you'll get ten percent off, and we'll save you some cash. I'm gonna pass it back to Jason. And let him finish off the. Show. Actually, uh, I think since we got a Carrie's corner, and we didn't get much other out of Carrie, I, I still want to kind of let him have this episode. You want to? You want to end us, Carrie? Sure, why not? Uh, actually, I want to add something on the Caleb there. Uh, Definitely head over to the sponsorship. They got some great jerseys on there. If you're a Kobe Bryant fan or Michael Jordan fan, they got some really hard high school jerseys on there. Only 39 bucks, I think. Great deal. Great steal. Definitely head over there. Check them out. You want a custom jersey too? Make yourself a custom jersey. Um, really great website. Easy to use. You don't have to be a computer genius to use it. You can find what you want. Everything's there. It's simple. It's a great website. Great sponsor. Um, basically, we'd all like to thank you guys for listening tonight. Even if Dustin didn't want to talk to us tonight, I don't know what he's doing. He just wanted to ignore us, but it's okay. We didn't get to see the Georgia fan view on things tonight, but it's all right. Uh, that's basically it for tonight. We'll be back next Tuesday for a Tennessee Tuesday episode. I'm not sure who we, who it's going to be. I'm not up to date on that. But we that's got all for tonight. Jay Blakely.
Jay Blakely, definitely tune into that one. It's a really good episode, and I think you guys will really enjoy it. It's definitely a great viewpoint considering he's basically about to graduate and he had pro day today. So it's a great viewpoint, great listen, one of our better podcasts that we produce. But that's all for tonight, guys and girls. Um, So good morning, good afternoon, and good night to everyone with a volunteer voice.